when I was in college, I took a psychology class, and one of the things that I remember them talking about was uh, Pavlov's dog. You remember that? Mm. That sounds... Pre- nope, I'll just so, say no. Uh, so Pavlov's dog, so this, uh, who was he? Russian doctor, ended up actually getting the Nobel Prize in, in 1904, but basically was studying the saliva glands of dogs and trying to measure uh, the saliva for digestion. And what he found is that the dogs would start um, salivating when his assistant would come in to feed them. They would just hear them, hear the assistant walking, and suddenly they'd start yeah. salivating. And he thought it was a very interesting thing. So he started doing these other experiments. And what he was able to do is what they call is classical, classical conditioning, where you associate something that's a physical uh, function reaction to something, like the dog salivating when he's eating food, which is a natural uh, reaction. function of, of the body. And he, he figured out that he could associate other noises to that. So he started off with like a metronome. And he started doing this clicking thing yeah. when he was feeding them. And then he'd take the food away and he'd start moving the metronome and it would activate the saliva glands of the dog. So he essentially manipulated their brain. Exactly. To Conditioned them to, to start yeah, salivating. Yeah. And he also then moved on to other things uh, using light as a, as, a, as a tool. And then the most famous from Pavlov's dog is the bell. Hearing the bell dog starts salivating and what he found out is that is that as long as you're associating those two things together some sort of you know triggering mechanism that would trigger the the natural thing and then this artificial that would then also trigger it as long as you're pairing those things together over a consistent uh, amount of time then they interact or they work exactly the same without the natural trigger and eventually if you just keep ringing the bell over time without the food. Eventually it does go back and it it stops working. But that was one of those important discoveries because now you've got a different trigger in your brain that you can activate certain behaviors, natural behaviors that you are not uh, in control of (laughs) salivation. Right. I mean, we're talking making a dog just drool all over the place just by hearing the bell. <laughs> right. Think about and your dog when a delivery person comes in. Yeah, and but that's that's what we do. I mean, I mean even even training your animals or or mm. even like a horse. Like mm-hmm. like when you were talking about they were trying to learn how to give you a clean slate. Well, you get a horse and you can't just ride it. They, and they don't call it break it for nothing because mm-hmm. you have to break its spirit. Mm-hmm. So you can now uh, we're in the new age now download <laughs> what we want you to do. You know, we want you to ha- act this way, mm-hmm. but you know, there had to, they had to clean slate it through. Yeah. Conditioning rough. rough mm-hmm. It's not easy. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, but I think that that's essentially what, what, what their main goal is, is to be able to find a way to either break down or clean slate and through conditioning or, just downloading what we want you to do. It's a way to get people to do some things they need done. So they had a a big old list of things from this little documentary that talks about different methods of, of, you know, conditioning. They were, we already discussed using LSD. Yeah. LSD 
I, I don't know. I think there was a doctor that discovered it and then they started using it in some of these experiments and found that it, it definitely had an impact on, on the brain. Uh, some crazy stuff, some actually some freaky things. I was watching it late at night and there was this guy who, who was given LSD and he just freaked out. Like he was like being stabbed and he had such a overpowering reaction to it. It triggered all of his fear senses. It, he just flipped out screaming and you could see that he, he was in trouble and it, Late at night kind of freaked me out a little yeah. bit, but it was triggered by LSD, which does some really weird things to your brain. Right. Some of the other stuff they were talking about was using sensory uh, deprivation. Yeah, that's right. You know, they have these, these things that it's like a, a salt bathtub. You know what I'm talking about? I don't know what they're called, but it's a sensory thing where you... Yeah, it's, it's like... I. I, it still sounds like a sleep deprivation tank. Well, yeah, yeah. Like some of them have you're you're lying in fluid mm-hmm. in a tank in mm-hmm. dark and quiet and yeah, you, exactly right. They're trying to take away all of these other noises and all the stuff, and your senses salt become water. very I can't acute. Remember, salt water does something for it you. allows you to float like it's uh, like there's no gravity. Okay, that's right. Okay. Yeah, yeah, because you add enough salt and you become very. Boy, forgot about that. Uh, sensory, uh, sensory isolation, sleep deprivation, using fear, and hypnosis. Now, I, I, have you ever had any experience with hypnosis? No. In fact, I am a skeptic. Mm-hmm. I, I really don't know. I always think that you just must be weak-minded for that to work, <laughs> you know, because if, if it did work, I would have them go tell me whenever I feel the least energy, I will have energy Mm -hmm. and that I want to work out all the time. Mm -hmm. You know, I would change myself, but Mm -hmm. I just don't know. I don't believe it. I guess I, I have a hard time believing it too. And I, I look at a similar perspective where, you know, are you weak minded? Uh, I I don't know if that is possible, but I don't, and I don't know if that's the thing like weak minded, because if you look at the other list of things, you can become weak minded by, uh, different deprivation. You can become like, you know, think about the horse. Yeah. You can change your behavior to stop something that's happening. And is that weakness? I, I, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, hypnosis is one of those things that I go, uh, it just doesn't, maybe it's used in areas that I, I, I question. I was at a, a comedy club. This was quite a few years ago. And one of the comedians, this, I was actually in Idaho at the time, went to a Boise improv or mm. some, some sort of comedy club. I can't remember what they called it at the time. And one of the comedians does, did uh, hypnosis as part of their act. And I went there with a few different friends and a friend of ours had their uh, husband, I think it was their husband at the time. And he was one of the folks that they called up onto the stage to participate. Mm-hmm. And they kind of set, they they kind of get the crowd to, to participate at, to a certain point. And then he kind of called on people to come up to the stage. And then he'd kind of progress from there. And they were, it's a comedy show. So they were getting people to like ride on each other's backs like their horses. They had certain trigger words that if someone said it, they'd, you know, you know, growl like a dog or they'd, you know, make 
you know, dolphin noises, yeah. <laughs> stuff that the crowd, you know, laughs at. But of course, the folks on stage, you look, you look at them, and and you can tell they're just they're not there. They look sleepy. They don't. They're not fully alert. Their eyes just don't look. Yeah. Bright. It, but the, what got to me was that everyone else in the room was laughing and they didn't even crack a smile. Oh, is that right? Mm-hmm. And I don't know how true hypnosis is. I know a lot of people will use hypnosis for therapy. But that experience, and I there was another one I went to a fair and I didn't stick around for the entire show, but they were doing a similar process of pulling folks up. And uh, and so to me, I was like, I just, uh, I don't really know. There's a, uh, gosh, Darren Brown. Does that name sound familiar? Nope. He's a he. He's fantastic. He's one of my favorite, um, we'll say, illusionist magician sort of person. He's, I think he's English, maybe. I can't remember. But he does some different shows on Netflix. You can see some stuff on on YouTube. And he did a show. Yeah, I think it's Producer E. There's a picture of him. And he does this show where he basically wants people to understand that there is this thing that we can do to manipulate you and their illusions. He's a guy who wants to, to get those people who are, um, you know, like the faith healers on church, Mm -hmm. right. Or at churches where they're just trying to perpetuate a lie to get money. Right. He's a guy who wants to expose those type of people because he's very against, scam artists and so he uses his techniques well i mean it's also their techniques but he uses it in a way that shows the audience that no you can be manipulated by hypno you know hypnosis and uh, these other strategies very very interesting i would highly recommend going in and and watching some of his stuff i will say to be clear about hypnosis I can't say I don't believe it because I believe you could be hypnotized and stuff. Mm-hmm. I guess for me, is I just don't believe how I see it implemented mm-hmm. is hard for me to believe. <laughs> I believe that there are, are ways to hypnotize somebody completely. I just, I, I find it hard to believe that somebody could go up to somebody and go, okay, listen, I'm going to be doing this. And by the time you're going, look, they're already out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Hard to believe. So, mm-hmm. But do I believe that you can be? Absolutely. So I guess I, I should have been clear that I just, because like, like when you said like he did it in an act, well, yeah, in an act. And, you know, I also know that there's also a subconsciousness to play along when you're up there too. You know, if you get pulled up, you're like, mm-hmm. what are we doing? Okay. All right. <laughs> or, but, but I know, I know. It, I agree with it's you. It's bizarre. I agree with you but because is there that, are is people. That a little bit of mind control too when you go up there and you just know you're just already kind of going and playing along. I, I think so. That's already I, part of it. I think so because you know that person's up there to do a show to entertain the crowd, and if they can get someone to play along and make it entertaining, maybe that is kind of a piece of mind yeah, control. Yeah. <laughs> 